Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Today on CityCast Madison. Books can take you just about anywhere. From purgatory to paradise, to a desert planet named Arrakis, to the fleshy insides of a whale. And it's the surprises that keep us reading. You might be surprised to learn that your Madison library card does a lot more than loan out books to show you the world. Seriously, your card grants you access to opportunities and resources you probably didn't even know about. Tana Elias, the Madison Public Library's Digital Services and Marketing Manager, let us in on a few of their offerings. It's Wednesday, April 26th. I'm Bianca Martin, and here's what Madison's talking about. Tana, hello. Hello. How you doing? Great. How are you? Doing very, very well. Uh, because I love the library. Yay. <laughs> I know I'm not we alone. We do too. <laughs> not alone in that. Can you tell me what's the neatest thing you can do with your library card that maybe folks don't know about? Oh, gosh. There's so many things. One thing I would say right now, um, one thing that people are really excited about is that uh, we have seed libraries in five of our nine libraries. So you can go to the library and get free seeds. In reality, you don't even have to check them out. You can just take them and put them in your garden and see what grows. Okay. So there's no need to return the seeds? (laughs) No, but you could bring us back seeds in the fall if you harvest them and have some to share. Well, that's really, really cool. Um, the seed program. I hadn't heard of that until recently. How long has that been going? Um, It started actually maybe over a decade ago, uh, and then we stopped doing it for a while. Uh, A couple of years ago, we started hosting seed libraries again. It was a a really fun thing to introduce during the pandemic, especially. And then we've had um, interest in it grow, and now we're up to five libraries. Mm -hmm. And what kind of seeds are there? Lots of different things. Um, I think there are about 30 different kinds of seeds across the library. So all your common vegetables, tomatoes and cucumbers and zucchini and many flowers as well. We also have some pollinator seeds, so kind of wild seeds that will reintroduce pollinators into the environment. You know, some nice prairie prairie type wildflower seeds. I love it. Ah, the seeds, (laughs) actual seeds. And we think about books sometimes planting seeds, garden of our mind. Right. Um, (laughs) So that's really, really neat. And, you know, it sounds like there are probably plenty of librarians too, who have some expertise in gardening. If folks have questions about the seeds or like how they work, that sort of thing, they can ask someone. Oh, for sure. And of course, we've got lots of resources. Yeah. Yeah. The space of resources. I also hear that the Madison li- that your Madison library card can help you get around town. That's true. Um, you can use a 
your library card to get the Madison B-Cycle Pass. So we teamed up with the foundation, Madison Public Library Foundation, and B-Cycle. And B-Cycle runs, if you're not familiar with them, they run an e-bike lending program throughout the city. So typically, people would have to use their credit card and check out a bike, and then they can bike around and bike to the next station and drop it off. And um, this partnership allows anybody to come to a Madison Public Library location, check out a free pass for the B-Cycle stations, use it all week long, check out a helmet so you're safe, and test it out. There's a lot of availability in the downtown area. We have B-Cycle stations outside our Central Library, our Pinney Library on the east side, and our Sequoia Library on the west side. There are stations throughout the city, you know, primarily located in the downtown kind of uh, university near near central area. Yeah. And these are electric bikes. They used to be pedal bikes and now they're electric bikes. They converted their entire fleet last year to e-bikes. You have to be 18 for that, right? You do. Yeah. You have to sign a waiver, all those things. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's the (laughs) typical Madison B-cycle waiver that you're signing, not anything with the with the library. Well, that's really awesome. I mean, that's really spreading out into the community in different ways that I would not think about the Madison Library doing. We also did a show on genealogy recently, you know, finding your roots. Yeah. And a lot of these online databases like Ancestry.com are free through the Madison Public Library. So how do folks take advantage of that? We have over 20 different databases that we offer. But Ancestry Library is one of the few where you have to be inside the library to use it. And so you use your library card to log in. You um, use a library computer. You can use the library's Wi-Fi and and use a laptop in in the library. And it has most of the same information that Ancestry.com subscribers have access to. So birth and death records, marriage and divorce records, in some cases like high school yearbooks and other kinds of records. It really depends on what's been digitized and what's available from county to county or state to state. But we saw um, during the pandemic, Ancestry Library actually reached out to libraries and offered remote access for free. You can get it for free with your library card. And then we have additional databases like Heritage Quest and um, newspapers from all over the world that you can use to find obituaries and, and do some research as well. So if you're into, you know, finding your your roots, this is a great resource. Yeah. And so I imagine just like we could ask about for seed help, you can also ask folks about how to navigate those databases. Absolutely. Yeah. Our staff are always willing to help you out. And there's lots of online help as well. And then we also have... Um, what we call the personal archiving lab. So once you've dug into your history. I heard about that. Yeah. Once you've dug into your history and and learned a little more, you can use our tools to kind of digitize your own things. Uh, so we have things like VHS converters and cassette tape converters and ways that you can scan old photos and, and digitally archive those. So every, uh, we have the central library has the personal archiving lab, and then we have a mini lab that goes around to different libraries. I'm really, really excited about this. <laughs> um, it's And so if you find stuff, you know, if you're looking into ge- your genealogy, you can digitize those things. But mm-hmm. I- am I correct in thinking you could bring in like home tapes and that sort of thing and also get help with digitizing those? Yep, absolutely. We have people who come in and they just want to like update their archives. So they want to digitize photos or they want to, you know, preserve old VHS tapes or other kinds of older 
technology where they have, you know, family movies and really important records. I've used it myself for recently. I had a a death in the family and, you know, we helped create a digital slideshow of that person's life. And so this is a way where you can come and get training and get some help and digitize your own memories. And this personal archiving lab, the one that is permanent in one space is at the central library, right? That's right. The way the the personal archiving lab works is we have drop-in sessions every Monday from two to four. And so we ask that people who are interested come into one of these drop-in informational sessions. You get a little tour of all the equipment. Um, You can have your questions answered. You get to work with a librarian who's you know, use all of the tools and knows how to do them and has some good recommendations for you. And then you can come back at your convenience and reserve the equipment and use it when it's convenient for you once you've gone through that training session. And then, of course, we always have staff on hand to, to help you out. Resources on resources on resources. I know. <laughs> I also understand that you all are helpful when folks want to access things like the Wisconsin State Journal and the New York Times. Um, You know, normally, you know, if you don't have money, you're going to run into paywalls and that sort of stuff online. How can your library card help you with that? So we have access to the New York Times. Um, We have access to Washington Post. We have access to Wisconsin State Journal and Cat Times. And your library card gets you access to all historical newspapers, contemporary newspapers, a variety of, you know, countries and languages. And this is access to the world. It is access to the world. And like, it's so important in in these times, especially to make sure that, you know, if, if you read about something, read about it from another perspective, read about it from the opposite perspective. You know, if you're reading about international news, read newspapers from another country and see what they are saying about it. You know, if you're reading about something that's happening in the Ukraine, you can read local newspapers and, you know, you can read European newspapers for a different perspective. And I think it's so important for everybody to have the ability to to really think critically and read critically. And libraries make all of these materials available so that people can can do their research and, you know, really dig into the topics that interest them. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I feel like I am one of these people that is a little nervous going into a library about making noise, you know, shh, <laughs> that sort of thing. Uh, not that I'm advocating for going into libraries and making noise, but I am getting excited about some of the things you're sharing about. I don't know if you have any words for folks that might be nervous about like, oh, I've got all these questions. Like I, I do want help. Like that would be great. Like what if I go in and find out like any, any number of questions like Ukraine, like I, I wouldn't know which newspaper, you know, to go to. Like if I want to talk with someone, it's, it's honestly not a burden. That is why we are here. So any library that you go into, we have trained reference librarians who their job is to research things and help you use the tools that we have in the library. So no question is too weird or too small or too awkward or whatever. You know, we have confidentiality that we learn about and privacy. So the questions that you ask us are are confidential and private and we um, are used to questions of all varieties. And I would say in 30 years of working in libraries, I've answered so many questions on so many different topics. And it's a really wonderful resource that people can come. Any question, we can help you find resources. We can refer you to other places in the city 
or abroad that might help if we're not able to help you with that. So anything from how do I do my taxes to in-depth personal genealogy research, we probably have some resources for you. And I think what's really interesting about libraries is everybody comes to us with a different need and we're able to kind of customize that experience while offering you know, an experience that is also very common and shared of, of going to the library, whether it's quiet or not. And that's fine. <laughs> yeah. And quiet can be subjective, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the library is an affordable option for printing and photocopying too, right? It is. Yeah. Um, one of the biggest reasons that people use public libraries is for computer and internet access. And so, um, you know, a lot of people do have internet access, but some people don't. And so we have that service. And then along with that, we have kind of uh, copy shop services, if you will, of printing from the computers, copying, photocopying things. We have costs that are equal or less than um, public, you know, commercial places where you can go and get photocopies. And we're in your local neighborhood. So we're, we're maybe a little more convenient than some of those commercial places. In addition, one thing that um, we don't really publicize a lot that we offer is notary service. So three of our libraries have a notary on staff. We would definitely encourage you um, to call before you come in to make sure that that staff member is working. But the Central, Alicia Ashman, and Goodman libraries have a notary public on staff as well. All right. Well, so we saved my favorite for last, which is the the whole digital library of ebooks and audiobooks. Yes. <laughs> How do you access that collection? There's a product called Libby, which is an app that you can put on your phone or your tablet, and you can use it to download books that the library has paid for in a collection that's shared throughout the whole state called the Wisconsin Digital Library. And uh, we have, I think, 245,000 items just in the Madison collection and uh, had al- almost a million downloads last year. So ebooks, audiobooks, a few video, a few magazines, lots and lots of free content with your public library card. You can check it out anytime. You can, you know, it returns automatically when the time is up or you can return it early. It works really similarly to um, the public, you know, t- to the physical library where you can put things on hold and you get notified when they come in, but they just like pop into your device versus having to, you know, walk down to your local library or drive over to your local library and and pick those items up. So it's a really great collection. We've seen the use grow tremendously. I'm absolutely obsessed with the Libby app. There was a good few months there where I was like, do you have the Libby app? (laughs) To everyone that I know, I'm like, well, you got to have the Libby app. Like I scroll Libby more than I scroll Twitter or (laughs) Instagram might be, um, but I'm totally obsessed. So I have got, I do have questions like mainly like, how does the process work for getting new popular titles? Because those are, you know, those are hot and they run out. <laughs> yep. Our librarians look at, you know, what we want to purchase. And so obviously we would take recommendations, but they look at a variety of resources to kind of predict what we want to have a lot of copies of and what we don't. And then um, they also look at data, like how many holds are on a title, for example. And so we have formulas where if there are X number of holds, we will buy additional copies. And that's true of physical books as well. So if we see that there are 200 holds on a title, we'll buy more if we have the funds to do so. 
That's good to know. So y'all use those holds, put those holds down. Yeah. <laughs> you can check out 10, right? And you can do 10 holds. That's true. I can't evangelize more for Libby and I can't evangelize more for the library. All of the resources you just brought up are, are really beautiful and several that I didn't even know existed. So I uh, really appreciate you taking the time, Tana. Well, thank you so much. Tana Elias is the digital services and marketing manager for the Madison Public Library. And here's what else Madison's talking about. Getting outside. Guess what else a library card can do? Get you access to state parks. You can check out a free day pass to any state park at libraries in Cambridge, DeForest, Stoughton, and Verona. You gotta be a resident of those communities to get the pass. The Madison Library is not yet participating, but they have received calls from interested Madisonians, so if you wanna get those passes here, let them know. And did you know there are no more fines? The Madison Public Library no longer issues fines for overdue items, but yes, you still have to bring the stuff back. Speaking of community resources, the Dane County's Rape Crisis Center is turning 50, and they're now called the RCC Sexual Violence Resource Center. They're rallying at the Capitol this Sunday, April 30th, to mark Sexual Assault Awareness Month. We'll toss a link in our notes. In other news, the F-35s are coming. The first of 20 fighter jets arrived April 24th. That was to Truex Field, next to Madison College and the airport. We recently spoke with retired Air Force Colonel Roseanne Greco, who's lived with the Jets in Vermont. And hey, we'd love to talk to someone from Truex about them. The Wisconsin Air National Guard has not yet responded to our invite to come on the show, and that offer still stands. Do you happen to know anyone there? Help us connect. That's all for today here on CityCast Madison. If you enjoy the show, why not tell someone in the Air National Guard to listen to our podcast, particularly those at Truex. That would be great. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more stories from around the city. Until then. Until then.